welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 242, and I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be discussing Voyager's seventh season episodes, Flesh and Blood, the two-parter, as well as Shattered. Before we do that, you know, our podcast from two weeks back, we recorded it several days before it posted. And I think we might have joked or something about, like, you know, wash your hands because things were just starting up a little bit to get intense. And things have changed so rapidly that by the time we posted that podcast, I hope that didn't sound insensitive because everything's bananas now. You know, we were just talking before we started recording about the effects of the coronavirus. Uh, we're all going to remember this period for the rest of our lives, certainly. You know, we're all basically at home at this point, working from home at this point, hoping that our jobs stick around. Uh, Adam and myself in particular, working in the entertainment industry, which has been so decimated. But, you know, we're healthy, and that's the important part. And, I, you know, i got to say, it feels a little bit weird to be doing the podcast right now, <laughs> to walk around L.A., and it's just this weird ghost town, and the anxiety produced by everything that's going on, and feeling like there's not going to, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine the end. But, you know, I talked with the guys here, and... I know for me, I wanted to go ahead and do the podcast for a couple of reasons. One, I do have plenty of time (laughs) right now. (laughs) And two, this is my chance to, I've always said, you know, to be a little social with my friends here in Kansas City and Chicago, Steve and Adam. That's particularly important right now. I think, I hope everybody that's stuck at home is finding time to talk to people, FaceTime and things like that. And three, because we love you, our listeners, and we figure you are probably just as, you know, <laughs> stir-crazy or bored as, as we're getting, and we want to give you a little piece of the normal world and what you we're used to getting. And so we're still recording our darn podcast, and I hope that nobody interprets that as us making light of what's going on or, or you know, not treating it with the attention and respect that it deserves but you know our hearts go out to anybody that's been impacted Uh, obviously a lot of people uh, getting sick and nothing is worse than that and and dying of course but a far greater number are probably being impacted financially their your job so many people's jobs your livelihood and we we feel for all of you and we hope Everybody makes it through this. In the meantime, we're going to try to keep podcasting. So that's the plan. And that uh, starts today with the next couple episodes of Voyager. You guys have anything you want to add to that before we go ahead? Um, no, it's just good to be here. It's good to talk to you guys, like you said. Um, you know, and It's good to do these things for our listeners out there. And like, like you said, we hope everybody is um, safe and sound and... We wish all of you the best and um, enjoy this podcast. Yeah, sounds great. I have nothing else to add. All right, then let's do it. Flesh and Blood, Season 7, Episodes 9 and 10, Production Codes 253 and 254. Original air dates, November 29th, 2000. 
directed by Mike Beecher and David Livingston, story by Jack Monaco, Brian Fuller, and Raf Green, teleplay by Brian Fuller, Raf Green, and Kenneth Biller, music composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Jeff Yeager as Identicus, Ryan Bullman as Donick, Michael Wiseman as Beta Herogen, Cindy Katz as Kajal, Spencer Garrett as Weiss, Vaughn Armstrong as Alpha Herogen, Paul Eckstein as Alpha Herogen, David Doty as Nubari Minor, Damon Kirsch as Nubari Hologram, and Barbara Miller as Nubari Hologram. Voyager responds to a Herogen distress call. They discover a Herosian ship that has been turned into a large holodeck using modified Starfleet technology Voyager had supplied the, r- the race with earlier. All but one of the crew are dead. The survivor, an engineer named Donick, reveals they use the holograms as a training programs, but the holograms found a way to disable security controls and kill the crew before escaping in a hollow emitter-equipped vessel. Donick offers to help track down the ship, Voyager is soon met by another Herosian ship, also responding to the d- distress call. Donick helps convince the Alpha Herogen to work with Voyager to find the hollow ship. The two ships are led into a trap set up by the holograms, causing severe da- damage and casualties to the Herosian ship, including the Alpha, leaving Voyager helpless to stop the holograms from abducting Voyager's holographic doctor before escaping. Damaged hollow matrices are one thing, but this is way beyond my abilities. But there are people aboard Voyager who could help you. Lieutenant Torres knows a great deal about hollow emitters. No. They're helping the hunters. That's only because the Herogen told them you were malfunctioning. Let me talk to Captain Janeway, explain what's really happened. Steve, why don't you start us on Flesh and Blood? Yeah, um, I enjoyed this. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was uh, entertaining. And in a funny way, I think it's, um, it's almost hurt by all the two-parters that came before it in a weird way because they're I, I don't know maybe it's just my perception at this point but Voyager seemed to have a whole lot of two-parters that were kind of just eh, okay you know it just felt like they were retreading some of the same topics and just trying to be big action adventure romps without having much to, to do but overall I think this is one of the best ones of the series because it's it's a you know it, it's a, it's a bit unusual. I mean, we, we haven't seen the Herogen in a long time. Um, it's kind of you know it's kind of like oh here we go Herogen. How long has it been since we've seen them? But it's kind of a new idea. This notion of um, creating creating their prey and it backfiring on them. Um, so there's certainly plenty of episodes about uh, you know the rights of the suppressed and even the rights of holograms, but. Um, this is, this is interesting how they how they take that and then and it turned on its head where it's not so simple as you know the oppressed they're, they're eventually the the oppressed become um, their, their their views become extreme this particular leader and how it, it turns it into a, a question of ethics and uh, and him kind of going going off and getting a little extreme and so forth and we also have the uh, the fun aspect of seeing a lot of uh, um, kind of like we did in the uh, the episodes that began the season, I believe. But the, um, the seeing a lot of uh, Alpha Quadrant species and and that kind of thing, and and the notion of where where does one's pr- programming or or the the ideas that are pressed into someone very early on, where does that cross over into your own your own personality and and so forth and those kind of issues, but. Um, Overall, I, I I liked I liked these episodes. I didn't think it was the the best thing ever, but uh, I did enjoy it and thought it was 
thought it was entertaining. I, I was kind of wondering if maybe it would have been stronger as a single episode instead of a two-parter. Right, right. Which I think it, it did error like that, didn't it? I mean, they didn't even do it in two different days, I believe. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Adam, what are your first thoughts here? Um, yeah, I'm, I share a lot of um, Steve's um, sentiments with this episode. Um, you know, they're trying to do something that we've seen. It's There are a lot of themes in this, this two-parter that we've seen before, and it's kind of combined into this. You know, kind of the cool thing about this episode, you know, it's kind of an action romp. You know, and usually when you have an action romp, you know, there's not much to say about what they're trying to tell you. It's just kind of a more of a fun action adventure, you know, let's get it on kind of episode. Whereas this episode kind of has that. It has the the fighting and, you know, the action and that kind of thing. But it also has this underlying thing, which Steve mentioned, you know, like, um, for one, you have the holograms, you know, and, you know, we go back to this, this, um, this theme that's been in Star Trek, you know, for quite a while, you know, you can go back to data and now we have it here with the doctor, you know, like what is life? What rights do holograms have? Are they sentient? You know, so it, it, it's centered, it has that center focus in there. It's like, you know, what is life and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, it also um, talks to what Steve mentioned. It's like, you know, what's who you are, as a person, where does that come from? Does it come from experiences or does it come from programming? And um, how do you incorporate that into your life going forward? What do you hold on to and what do you not hold on to um, going forward? And clearly in this episode, you you do you do have the, um, um, holographic characters that are able to kind of evolve past their programming of just being um, violent and um, killers to being more than what they are. And obviously some characters don't. Um, so uh, yeah, there are a lot of, that's uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot in these two episodes. Um, I was fine with them being two, um, just with the scope of the story that they were trying to tell. I thought it was a more interesting story when the holograms were a little more, more sympathetic. Like I felt sympathy for them. Stretching it over two episodes, you know, we get to the point where what's his name? Iden. Right. Right. Iden is like, got a messiah complex now or something you know mm-hmm. I mean, he, he goes and then he kills those two organics for the three crappy holograms and once it was less gray area and more you know evil guy we had to stop him right it seemed far less interesting to me you know very clear that um uh, they needed to be stopped and there wasn't really much of an ethical question or moral question at that point so i don't know i mean that's not necessarily it's it's not necessarily that they went there because it was a two-parter but i don't know they seem to have a lot of time to fill yeah i do i do think they may have they went they went too far like you said they made the characters so unsympathetic and extreme that you're just kind of like well yeah obviously they crossed the line so you know um if they perhaps if they had have swung less that direction, it would have, you know, made uh, some of the doctor's choices more, um, more provocative, interest, interesting, and so forth. Yeah. Um. Speaking of the doctor, I mean, I clearly I I feel like this these two episodes they're they're doctor episodes, and it's interesting the you know the themes that they take on this. You know, clearly there have been episodes about the doctor and his rights and is he sentient and is he a real person, that kind of thing. And they do explore that all in here. Um, 
I kind of, you know, I'm watching the episode. I was kind of, you know, I'm questioning, like, why are they doing this? I'm like, you know, know, why are they making these decisions? Would he really do this? Why is Janeway doing this? You know, and they do a decent job of kind of explaining it along the way. One example is like, you know, when Janeway decides to kind of take on this mission and, and, and go after this hollow ship, you know, they have Tuvok and, um, um, Chakotay come in and they kind of, they kind of explain it kind of, that scene kind of explains her reasoning. You know, she's like, I gave them this technology. So she felt responsible. So I kind of answered my question there. And then you kind of go on into the episode and I was questioning, why did they, you know, cause the doctor really, it's that's a really provocative action that he took to when he came back to the ship and, you know, Janeway wants to, you know, um, download their programs and Treason. figure out a solution. Yeah. I mean, figure out it's a solution treason. later. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty bold what they did did there with his character um now i mean when we get towards the end when we get into part two and we get to, to the end of the episode i i, I kind of felt like she was lenient on him you know and it made me think about what tom paris did in season six or, or when or season five or six when he got demoted for kind of disobeying orders and helping that water world he got demoted i kind of felt like she was light on him but at the same time in that end scene you know you kind of see the you know the responsibility that janeway took upon herself and I kind of think the true fault that, you know, kind of came you know, and I like that they did this. It's like, you know, the doctor, he, for lack of anything better, he, um, he didn't trust Janeway to do the right thing. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a flaw in their kind of relationship. And she also didn't trust him and in, in his pleas to kind of help these people. And it's, so it's, it's an interesting dynamic there that created drama that kind of felt natural to me. So like, by the time I was done with the episode, I'm like, you know, I was fine with that, but watching it, I'm like questioning, I'm like, why are they making all these decisions? So I kind of found, like I said, I found, you know, you know, we'll talk about, you know, we have been, and we will talk about more about the, the holograms and the Herogen and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, to me, the, really the meat and potatoes of the episode is the doctor's relationship, not only with his crew, but with Janeway and how that evolves within this episode and, and, and at the end. Yeah, but like like there at the end when she says, how can I punish you for being who you are? I mean, if if a person evolves into a criminal, we punish them. Right. I, I don't understand that. That sentence made zero sense to me. It's It just felt like this was the dramatic thing they wanted. You know, you've become, I've encouraged you to become more human and you made a human mistake or something. Okay, I we have heard that plenty of times, both between you know her and the doctor and her and Seven, but that line in particular, how can I punish you for being who you are? I mean, that's that's exactly why pun people pretty easily. We do it all the time. Like, oh, (laughs) I can't punish you for being somebody else. I mean, I mean, I can't punish you for if somebody like took over your program and reprogrammed you, then it would be unfair for me to punish you. But no, 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 you weren't reprogrammed. That's exactly when you should be. I don't understand. I don't understand. Right. Even if you, if you, even if you're saying, I can't punish you because I had an influence on who you became. Well, it's the same story. Everybody influences everybody you encounter in some way, shape, or form. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it kind of makes a lot. A lot of this makes Janeway once again kind of look erratic in her decision making. Because early on, I was feeling like, oh, what's the deal? It seems like she's not. Uh, you know, feeling for, she's not believing in holographic rights. And I thought we were already over this, you know, I thought that was in the past or whatever. And then by the end, it's like, like you said, it's okay. We're not going to punish you for some reason or another. There's, you know, it, it was, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. That was kind of weird. And, you know, and I didn't even think Janeway's actions about, you know, she was like, yeah, deactivate yourself, 
download to Voyager and we'll figure it out later, you know, because, you know, they had the Herogens bearing down on them. So I didn't think what she was doing was unreasonable. Obviously, the holograms on that ship didn't trust her, but I didn't think it would, should have been unreasonable for the doctor to trust her and in that decision. And he didn't. And so that's the kind of the weird question mark in this episode um, with that. And, you know, I kind of like I said, I kind of agree with you because, like I said, I remember a couple of seasons ago when she punished the crap out of Paris for um disobeying her and you know there wasn't this like hey you know i gave you this freedom and you became who you are so i can't punish you um she punished him but um yeah i mean I guess the doctor's unique and the doctor's choice resulted in two deaths yeah right but those people would not have been killed if uh voyager had been able to shut those holograms down yeah and voyager got pretty messed up i'm surprised nobody got hurt in, in that yeah one. it was uh it was totally adrift can't remember last time we saw it that out of commission yeah no i also wondered if maybe um implanting the doctor making him go through that like memory slash experience thing of being hunted that almost seemed i'd have been pissed i mean he was pissed well the doctor uses but, i mean i didn't yeah he uses the word torture but he's you know he sure turns around quickly after that right right uh side note not really related to anything but there's like a shot very rare shot of like inside the other ship where we see the view screen with uh, Janeway and I forget somebody else. So like there was a, there was a brief shot inside the Herogen vessel where we saw looking up at their view screen with Janeway on it. And it was so like, I wasn't conscious of, we never see this kind of shot until I saw it and thought, wow, this is weird. <laughs> We've never, not never, but it's, it's rare, you know, really, really rare. So that really, that stuck out at me. The other random thing I wanted to note was I kind of liked how clever the bit was at the end there with the actions and the action scene on the surface of the planet. When they deactivate all of those other holograms, they can't deactivate Aiden because he's using the mobile emitter and then they send the doctor uh, to stop him. I don't know. It was just a nice little clever plot device kind of thing. I don't quite understand how he was able to destroy Iden's program by shooting him with a right. Why? Well, that was a yeah. special gun or something. I don't know. Unless he it. destroyed the mobile emitter, but that's not what he did. No. Hmm. It's, it's, it's the radioactive spider. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, that's that's a. What are these episodes about? Like, or at least I was talking about earlier. You know, there are themes in here. You know, like what is sentient life, and you know, what rights do holograms have? You know. It's themes that Star Trek has explored, you know, with data and they've they've been doing it with the doctor for, for a while now. Um, you know, and it's also like how do you you know, with the Herogeny, you know, how can you how do you you know, you treat people and then they rebel back on you, you know, it's like, you know, if you treat people horribly, they're gonna rebel back on you. Um those are kind of the themes that I took on there. Um, like I said, I mean, it is a doctor episode and how did he grow in this episode? I mean, I think that's kind of what they're trying to say here, you know, how he connects to the crew. Um, I'm kind of in agreement. I thought we were kind of past this, but yeah, those, those are kind of themes he grew. He saw his mistakes as horrible as they were. Um, so those are kind of the themes I took from it. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of, you know, and maybe it would have been better if they would have like honed in on one thing, but the, there's this gray area of, of, um, you know, where, where there's a, 
issue of individual rights and then it becomes a question of extremism and then once and then taking away someone else's rights and some kind of retaliation and those kind of dynamics and we we see that all the time and in real life and um i think i think here it's the it's the recognition of how quickly um a, a situation where the you know a situation where one's one's taking taking action to achieve you know rights for themselves can turn into an unethical situation where it becomes a retaliation and a retribution kind of situation and uh and that's what we see here and, and the other the other big thing obviously of um fault and where where does it lie when there's a heavy influence from from a certain from a certain point um, when does it become such a heavy influence that the the person that the aggressor is no longer responsible, or at least only partially responsible for their own actions due to that influence? Those kind of big questions. Yeah, maybe maybe it could have done it better or focused on on just one of those things, but uh, I think those are the questions it, it raises. All right, let's do six degrees for flesh and blood. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. These are both uh, episode title questions, so hmm. have fun with that. Spencer Garrett plays Weiss, the second hologram in command. In Next Gen's fourth season, he played crewman Simon Tarsis, in which a Starfleet admiral goes on a witch hunt, witch hunt on the Enterprise and accuses Picard of treason. Famous, well-known episode with a cool name name it okay yeah I, i'm picturing it <laughs> um it's a uh, very percussive the drum head the drum head <laughs> very good <laughs> <laughs> the drum head that is correct you know it's rare for usually we do these six degrees questions asking about uh you know actors that have played other roles in other episodes of star trek usually if they're not completely covered in alien makeup, there's some kind of... Di- this guy looks exactly the same. As yeah, he yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're, like, you're watching this episode, and you're like, he looks exactly the same. <laughs> they modeled this hologram after the <laughs> character in the drum head. Uh, all right. Adam, Cindy Katz plays Kajal, the Cardassian hologram that befriends Torres. In DS9's third season, she played Yatepa, in the episode where Kira is kidnapped and wakes up as a Cardassian, name the episode. I gave Steve a hint, so if you need one, I'll give yeah, you one. Yeah, probably will. It'll probably be it'll probably be more of a hint for Steve. But go ahead, give me the hint. Um, she does have additional coverings. Um, I don't know the mask. No. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. Mm, is it second skin? Yes, sir. Second skin. Right. Was that not as fair of a hit as I gave Steve? I don't know. No, it's all right. I, you could you could have given you could have basically <laughs> almost said the episode, and I still wouldn't have gotten it. I'm horrible at episode questions. Yeah. All right, Steve has two. Moving on. Shattered, season seven, episode eleven, production code two fifty seven. Original air date, January 17th, 2001. Directed by Terry Wendell. Story by Mike Sussman and Michael Taylor. Teleplay by Michael Taylor. Music composed by Jay Chataway. 
guest cast include Manu Interemi as Icheb, Martha Hackett as Seska, Scarlett Palmers as Naomi Wildman, Mark Bennington as adult Icheb, Vanessa Branch as adult Naomi Wildman, Martin Rayner as Dr. Chaotica, Terrell Clayton as Security Officer Andrews, Anthony Holliday as Roulotte, and Nicholas Worth as Lonsack. While Chakotay is discussing with Ichep and Naomi where to hide a special stash of cider from Neelix, Voyager is struck by a chronotonic surge from a rift in space interacting with the ship's warp core. Chakotay is struck with a blast of temporal energy. He gains consciousness in sickbay where the doctor has injected him with a chronoton serum to repair injuries from the temporal blast. As Chakotay talks with the doctor, he finds the doctor believes it is several years earlier. What's going on? Sir? I'm afraid I don't know you. Take him into custody. How did you get aboard this ship? Catherine. Well, I didn't realize we were on a first-name basis. We should have known that the Marquis were involved. Marquis? Involved in what? I was thinking consciously while watching this. I want to see this episode done as like the third episode of the first season. Hmm. And it's like, oh, look, remember that time... At the beginning of the pilot, and then here's the scene from the <laughs> from halfway to the pilot. Here's the beginning of the second episode. It's almost it's it's this is like Voyager's version of a of a clips things, episode right? almost. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's clippy and it's it's like a little trying to be all good things in some respects. I think too. All right, Steve, kick us off on uh, Shattered. Yeah, so. Um, I think this is fun. I, I like it. I, th- I think I think the the um, it's again it's sort of similar to the last episode. I think where it suffers is if you try to compare it to anything similar to this in the past. You know, anything that's like this. Um, I couldn't help but think of all good things with next gen, just because you have this whole multiple time frames issue um, and uh, the future and uh, various segments of the past that we've encountered and that kind of thing. But um, I, I do overall. I, I think it's okay. I, I, I think it's fun if you try not to take it too seriously. I mean, I don't think it's going to have a lot to uh, uh, say for itself in terms of what's the what's the big uh, moral of the story here or anything like well, that. Well, it has something to do with Janeway's hair. I'm sure. Right, right. It, that is funny how it's all, it's always about that. You know, it's it, when every time there's a time travel thing that it deals with something in the past, it, it comes down to. Fortunately, you know, we had this hairstyle conundrum, so we can make this very obvious. But um, but overall, I I I'd also like how it's Chakotay, so it's kind of like fun, you know, give him something to do. He has so little to do, and we have an episode that's centered on him. That's okay at least you know that's not like an awful episode because the most recent one i can think of that was centered on him was that boxing thing and there's you know various various unforgettable various forgettable episodes and whatnot and this one at least it's kind of like this could center on anybody let's make it chicote okay great give him something you know um so so i don't i don't think it's fantastic but i think it's it's fine and and kind of a romp but i don't think it it has uh a whole lot to say for itself, you know, either, you know, what keeps it going for me just barely uh, several times. It's about to just completely lose my interest and it just keeps it going. Is that little through line with Janeway and, um, Chakotay convincing her that, you know, she needs to, 
you know, like she she's going through a thing where she's realizing she's going to be responsible for the crew getting strand, stranded in the Delta Quadrant. But right. then Chakotay has to kind of ex- explain why this is not an all bad thing. And so that kind of like underlying story bit kind of just keeps it moving enough. Uh, and, and it also makes it makes there be a reason for it to be Chakotay's episode because he's the one that knows these things about her and could talk her through this in a way that it makes it work. Like that little speech he has when he quotes Dante or whatever. I mean, that, that's a, that's a nice scene and it's the kind of stuff that he does well. So it just barely like I, what, what doesn't work in all good things. You have such nostalgia for these crazy time periods and all the, some of these characters and stuff, even just getting to see Tasha again seeing Q like in the future and, and that there, there's something weighty there that in this episode, I don't really feel, I mean, Seska's fine, but it doesn't, she doesn't, I don't feel something like, like I did seeing uh, Tasha back on the D enterprise D or something, you know, yeah, I don't, yeah. it doesn't have any of that, that kind of nostalgia. These are just, and a lot of the episodes they're referencing are not like great episodes or something. So I, I don't know. That part of it doesn't keep my interest, even though on paper you might think it really would. I, I think this episode sounded probably really awesome for a season seven episode to get to kind of go back through all these things, but it it really kind of doesn't. I don't feel anything when I see an older Naomi and Icheb. They seem pretty nondescript and stuff, but that one little bit, that one little con- conversation constant conversation throughout the whole episode uh, between Janeway and Chakotay. That, that's what keeps it moving for me. Um, Adam, what are some of your thoughts here? Um, yeah, I kind of feel pretty much the same. I mean, it's kind of funny. I find this episode to be very unremarkable. That being said, I still enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, you know, it's, there's nothing to me. There's nothing a whole, whole lot that's original about it. I kind of feel like we kind of did this not long ago when um seven went back in time and she went back to you know right when Voyager was in dry dock and kind of goes through all that but i mean this is kind of a this this is a season seven episode this is the last season this is one of these last season episodes where it's a little bit of nostalgia you kind of get to go back so you see like you said see seska you go back and you know, the doctor is still trapped in the holodeck. So we go, get to go back and we kind of get to remember all these things. We get to remember how um, um, angry um, Taurus was at one time. You know, she's kind of mellowed off over the years and she's in a good place right now. So we get to go. It's, to me, it's a nostalgia episode. It's kind of like I said, going back in there. I think what I you mentioned this, Brian, what I did kind of what I did kind of enjoy about this episode is um, the interaction between Jakote and Janeway. Um, they, you know, the characters have good they're good together. You know, they, they play off each other pretty well. And then even though Janeway is completely blind to um, what's going on, you know, Chakotay is able to lead her through and, and gain her trust easily because he knows her so well. And they have this um, tight niched relationship. I did kind of like towards the end of the episode, you just like, how, how close did we get? And he's like, you know, there were some boundaries we didn't cross and, you know, and they, they, it just kind of reminded me back to, you know, they kind of in the, especially the first two or three seasons where they kind of touch and go on the, like, are they going to go somewhere with a relationship with this? I got to say, not? he knew that everybody was going to forget everything when it reset. Right. right. Why wouldn't you be like, <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Very specifically. Right. Anytime we were standing in front of the warp core, we got it on. 
I think it was a missed opportunity there, Chicote. But no, I'm sorry, continue. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, they kind of touched on some themes that have gone on throughout the past um, several seasons. So, like I said, it's a it's a good episode to have in the last season, and they probably you know thought it was a good time to do this instead of doing like a um, you know a clip episode. Um, they kind of went this route, and so like I said, I didn't find the episode very original or remarkable but at the same time i actually did enjoy it and um i agree with steve it was kind of it was a it was a good um good to have jacote doing something i kind of felt like in the last two episodes he was kind of a, a butthole <laughs> through, through most of um um flesh and blood but um in this episode he, he was good which episode was it referencing or what what the two vox death what was that about and from and what I, that confused me a little bit i don't recall what do you mean when Tuvok died? Or... That yeah, when they're in the um, I think that was the present in the mess hall, and it's everybody's there. Or was that supposed to be? I think that was present. That was that the present? So he was injured in the yeah the temporal. Oh right, I guess it got wiped. Yeah, that's what I took from it. Well, the reason I got that because when Neelix was giving her coffee, he's like, "Yeah, I've been making you the same coffee for seven years now." So that's kind of that's that so like Tuvok had the same injury that Chakotay did or something, but Chakotay got treated so. Well, it looked like it looked like uh, Chakot. I mean, it looked like Tuvok was just burnt up, whereas Chakotay got hit by the actual temporal okay. beam that messed up and made him shift in time or whatever. So why wasn't why wasn't Tuvok like live long? And, wait a minute, what's up with your hair? <laughs> <laughs> I do want to read the Voyager novel, the hairstyle conundrum. I think that. <laughs> That actually sounds like a, a. It could be a Voyager novel title. <laughs> it, it would be a funny focus, like this this period of a few years where it kept changing and like what's going on with their head. You know, it's like, well, maybe I could create a different impression on the crew after my uh, gaff with getting us stranded here if I do this, and then maybe if I do this, and it just goes. On, <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, who wins out, um, Riker's beard or Janeway's hair? Because Riker, what, it was the first two seasons, or did he have the beard in the second season? I forget. It was either two or three. I think I feel like it's season two he gets it. Yeah, same here. I think that's right, yeah. That'd be yeah. a good band name, Riker's Beard. <laughs> you could be your side band, Steve. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounds more like an alcoholic beverage to me. <laughs> right, right. What's this episode about? Um, that's where we're going to kind of, for me, gonna, it's going to be kind of light. Um, to me, obviously the, a lot of this episode has to do with, um, nostalgia kind of going back and looking at where they started and where they kind of ended up and how relationships, I don't know, maybe even beyond through time still connect. That's kind of some of the things I took from it. It's kind of, um, a stretch, I think. What do you got, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have much. I think this notion that at the beginning of the analysis of this episode that we talked about that, Brian, you brought up in terms of uh, Janeway and Chakotay and that connection, if they would have focused on that, the whole idea of all this trouble has been worth it and somehow made that the the primary thing, it it almost would have made this one a better two-parter than the one we just talked about prior, you know, in the sense that if you explored that whole time period and kept coming back to this idea of like, wow, this is a whole lot of 
stuff and problems and, and that happened to us, but let's explore what what culminated out of that, all the relationships, all of the, uh, the positives and whatnot. Um, and I, I like that idea. It's just that they didn't touch on it enough to make it a prominent theme in this episode. But um, um, I, I like that idea, and I wish they would have focused more on that. All right, let's do six degrees for Shattered. Adam, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Is this Dr. Chaotica's final appearance on Voyager? I'm going to say yes. It is. Steve, is this Seska's final appearance on Voyager? Oh, Lord. I don't know. Um, yes? Yep, it is. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, I didn't get shut out. <laughs> Well, you know, I think our last podcast, I talked about that Star Trek like art exhibit I was going to go to, and that I wanted to go to the Picard panel where all the cast and writers were going to be there. But I was like, they're airing, they're doing it the day before the final episode of the season. I'm not going to go to that. <laughs> and I think one of you, Adam, maybe joked about, hey, they might end up canceling it. No, they canceled it, of course. <laughs> Everything's canceled. Everything shut down. So not only was that canceled, the art exhibit thing, everything gone. So yeah, it was canceled. They said they want to reschedule, but I don't think that thing is going to get rescheduled. WonderCon, of course, was canceled. We were assuming there would be some Star Trek panels there, like there were last year, but that was all canceled. I guess from one point of view, Star Trek got a little lucky because Discovery Season 3 finished filming just a few weeks before now, like I, I, all productions are shut down. There, there were, there were productions that were entire seasons that were a few days from being done or movies that were a few days from, and they, sh everything shut down. So I guess from that point of view, Star Trek got lucky and, you know, didn't have to shut down any production. And from what we've read online, it sounds like, sounds like a, a lot of Discovery Season 3 post is happening, people working from home, but that might slow things down. Definitely the Lower Decks animated show, that's definitely people working from home. So, you know, we'll see if just the launch of these things are delayed, but the day this episode of our podcast posts should be, it should be posting the same day as the final episode of Picard Season 1, which I am looking forward to watching. Yeah, I might jump into that. I got to... <clears throat> I'm finishing The Outsider on HBO, which is really creepy. So I might jump into Picard since I have time. I think I read just today that um, if you get on there now before like April 23rd or something, that it's it's free. There's a, I think Patrick Stewart tweeted out uh, like a code, but yeah, it gives you from now until April 20 something. Uh, yeah, for free. So you could easily go on there and watch all 10 episodes. Is that with, with, with or without commercials? Probably with commercials, but yeah, probably it is. But all right, I'll look into it. Like I said, um, I'm working on an editing project. I'm finishing up The Outsider, which I recommend to anybody out there. Um, and then I might jump into it. But uh, yeah, so not a lot of news since everything is shut down. I d did you? Um, I don't know if we've talked about that yet. They are releasing a um, Blu-ray of short treks. Yes, but it's still not all the darn short treks, right? It's still missing the. Picard one. <laughs> so it's just kind of assuming it's going to be on the... I know, I know. So you have to buy it again when they release that. That's what they're thinking. I mean, I pre-ordered it immediately, of course. 
it's gonna have it's gotta have like something extra. I, I forget there was something right, like an extra feature or something more than yeah. There's some kind of analysis, like a commentary, commentary track yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's so lame. Why not give it? Especially if they're not gonna make any more short treks, then I would really want you to just just put them all on there. Even if you stick it on Picard, the other one on Picard later, sure, fine, whatever. But just put right, every right. just put them all on there. Or you know why they did it? Because they knew I'd buy it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Hook, line, and sinker. <sighs> yeah, I'll, I'll look into that Picard thing, but don't, hey, I haven't signed up for CBS yet, so don't you get, don't you, the first time you sign up, don't you get the first 30 days for free anyway? I don't think it's 30 days. I think, I feel like it's just a week or something. A week, okay. Yeah, well, the, the Best Buy exclusive 4K disc box set of Star Wars episodes one through nine comes out next week, which I've had pre-ordered since December. And who Me thought too. when I Me pre-ordered too. that, it, the world would be like it is, but I had it pre-ordered to pick up in the store instead of ship because <laughs> I had stuff shipped from Best Buy and it's always screwed up, right? I have the exact same thing and I switched it to shift <laughs> yeah, like two days ago or something. Yeah, I should have because they sent an email saying they're, they're like contactless curbside pick. I have to like you pull up in your car, don't roll down your window, show them your order number through the window, pop your trunk, they place it in the trunk, walk away, you get out and close your trunk. Yeah, in a radioactive suit and all this. Yeah. <laughs> well, what if you don't have a pop trunk? You don't get it. <laughs> just, roll, just roll down the back window and they throw it in <laughs> from six feet away. Have, have either of you um, watched the, the newest season of Clone Wars? Hell yes. I Remember, I, I, I really like seeing anything if it's scoped. It's so, you guys, I wish I could show you how amazing it is to watch Picard, how good it looks. It's in HDR, uh, and you can really see that P3 color, and it's scope, and my beautiful scope screen, there's no black bars, and it's just filling us up your field of view and you, with your vision, and it's just gorgeous. It looks so amazing. <laughs> The Disney graded stuff isn't quite as pretty, but Clone Wars, pretty darn close. And so far, I've liked the new Clone Wars episodes. In fact, I liked the last week's was uh, the return of Ahsoka, who was always my favorite character. I mean, I'm sure that's most people think that too. And it was great, and she was great. And uh, we did we did hear about Persona Dawson. Is she did they cast her, or was, it, did it, was that just BS that I saw online? No, that's. I was just about to say spoiler alert, <laughs> but too late. Uh, yeah, so apparently she's going to play Ahsoka live action in Mandalorian season two. Cool, very cool. I wonder if we'll see her in um, Obi Wan's series. I guess we could. I mean, we know she's active during that time period, but things to look forward to. So anyway, yes, the animated, the new animated Clone Wars episodes, I think, are great. Cool. You haven't started them yet. I kind of wanted to wait. Is it just going to be 10, or how many episodes are they doing? Yeah, it's it's pretty short. It's 8, 10, something like that. Okay. So when does the Mar- when does the Marvel stuff start pumping out? Well, it was supposed to be August, I think, was supposed to be Falcon and Winter Soldier, but they had to shut down production hmm. because of the virus. So I'm guessing it's going to be delayed. We'll see. Gotcha. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know how far into the production they were, but I know they had to stop shooting. We should wrap this up. You can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash trekcompanion. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Let us know how you're doing. We hope everybody's doing okay. And we hope our little podcast here gives you an hour of respite. (laughs) And uh, we're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next three episodes of Voyager. So thank you for spending that hour with us. And until next time.
Stay safe and take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.